happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Today's episode is brought to you by Canva. Uh, We're all looking for ways to make an impact at work, but not all of us are skilled in visual design. A Canva helps you get your point across uh, simply and beautifully. It's easy to design Canva presentations, docs, whiteboards, and videos. You start with a designer-made template and customize it with your content. Uh, plus, add graphics, charts, and more from Canva's massive media library. Whatever department you work in, Canva is perfect for any task. Sales decks, hiring docs, marketing brainstorms, employee videos, you name it. Anyone at work can design with Canva. Start designing today at canva.com. Designed for work. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered for just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Welcome to BrainStuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, BrainStuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. You probably don't appreciate plants enough. It's okay, none of us do. Given that plants have been the major player in the convoluted soap opera of life that landed us on this planet, we should be thanking our leafy friends every day for our existence. Honestly, the whole story is so tangled and complicated, we may never know the truth about how our mean green ancestors allowed everyone else to evolve. But one aspect of the story certainly involves photosynthesis, a plant's ability to make its own food out of sunlight. We spoke with Gregory Schmidt, professor emeritus in the Department of Plant Biology at the University of Georgia. He said, A great way to appreciate photosynthesis is to compare Earth's atmosphere with that of our sister planets, Mars and Venus. All three planets were most likely similar when they formed and cooled, but the atmospheres of both Venus and Mars have 95% carbon dioxide, 2.7% nitrogen, and 0.13% oxygen. Earth's air is 77% nitrogen, 21% oxygen, and 0.41% carbon dioxide, although that number is rising. 
That means there are 800 gigatons of carbon dioxide in our atmosphere, but there's another 10,000 gigatons missing or buried in the form of fossil limestone, coal, and oil. In other words, carbon has been smuggled out of the atmosphere and into Earth's crust for billions of years, which is the only reason this planet is at all habitable by multicelled organisms. Schmidt said, So how did that dramatic atmospheric shift happen for Earth? There's only one answer, and it's pretty simple. Photosynthesis, the most amazing factor in Earth's evolution. Yes, friends, photosynthesis. A couple hundred million years after the Earth was formed, life showed up, probably first as some anaerobic bacteria, that is, bacteria that can't thrive in the presence of oxygen. These single-celled organisms lived by slurping up the sulfur and hydrogen that came out of hydrothermal vents. Now we've got everything from butterflies to giraffes, but there were a few steps on the road between the first bacteria and giraffes. Those ancient bacteria had to figure out a means of finding new hydrothermal vents, which led to the development of a thermal-sensing pigment called bacteriochlorophyll, which some bacteria still use to detect the infrared waves, otherwise known as heat. These bacteria were the progenitors of descendants that could make chlorophyll, a pigment that's able to capture shorter, more energetic light waves from the sun and use them as a source of power. So, in essence, these bacteria created a means to capture the energy of sunlight. The next evolutionary leap necessitated working out a means of stable energy storage, uh, creating a sort of sunlight battery that encouraged protons to accumulate on one side of their internal membranes versus the other. The true wonder of plant and algae evolution is the fact that, at some point, these ancient chlorophyll-producing bacteria started generating oxygen. After all, billions of years ago, there was actually very little oxygen in the atmosphere, and it was toxic to a lot of early bacteria. It's still toxic to existing anaerobic bacteria that still thrive in the oxygen-free places on Earth. However, the new process of capturing and storing sunlight required the participating bacteria to burn water. The process that we call burning or combustion is basically just very rapid oxidation, the ripping off of electrons from one atom and the transfer of those electrons to another, which is called reduction. Early photosynthetic bacteria developed a way to capture photons or particles of light and use their energy to strip water of many of its protons and electrons to use for energy production. The breakthrough of breakthroughs that happened 3 billion years ago was when photosynthetic machinery was perfected to the point that chlorophyll could split two water molecules at the same time. These days, we call this a photosystem 2 chlorophyll protein cluster. Cyanobacteria evolved once these photosynthetic bacteria figured out how to burn water and store the energy from that chemical reaction. In photosynthesis, photosystem 2, water burning, can't really be sustained without the second stage, photosystem 1, which involves taking the electrons swiped off of the water molecules in the first step and making use of them before they decay. Photosystem 1 does this by sticking these electrons on a chemical assembly line so the organism is able to retain that hard-earned energy, which is then used to convert carbon dioxide into sugar for the bacteria to use as food. Once photosystems 1 and 2 were sorted out, cyanobacteria took over the oceans, and because oxygen was their waste product, it became plentiful in Earth's atmosphere. As a result, many bacteria became aerobic. That is, they required oxygen for their metabolic processes, or at the very least, they could tolerate it. About a billion years later, protozoa evolved as anaerobes scarfing up aerobic bacterial prey. What researchers think happened is this— 
At some point in at least one of these oxygen-intolerant organisms, the oxygen-tolerant bacteria they ate weren't completely digested, but stayed within the cell and ended up helping the oxygen-intolerant anaerobic organism cope with an aerobic environment. These two organisms stuck together, and eventually the prey organism evolved into a cell organelle called mitochondria. A similar scenario occurred with cyanobacteria around one billion years ago. In this case, an anaerobic bacteria probably gobbled up a photosynthetic bacteria, which ended up setting up shop inside its host, resulting in a small, membrane-bound organelle common to all plants, the chloroplast. As algae and multicellular plants evolved and benefited from plentiful carbon dioxide and increasing oxygen in Earth's atmosphere, chloroplasts became the place where photosynthesis, a photosystem one, two, and even more complicated stuff, went down in each cell. Just like mitochondria, they have their own DNA and spend their time busily harvesting light for the plant, creating the entire foundation for life on Earth. Today's episode was written by Jessalyn Shields and produced by Tyler Klang. BrainStuff is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more on this and lots of other life-sustaining topics, visit our home planet, HowStuffWorks.com. And for more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Today's episode is brought to you by Canva. Uh, We're all looking for ways to make an impact at work, but not all of us are skilled in visual design. A Canva helps you get your point across uh, simply and beautifully. It's easy to design Canva presentations, docs, whiteboards, and videos. You start with a designer-made template and customize it with your content. Uh, Plus, add graphics, charts, and more from Canva's massive media library. Whatever department you work in, Canva is perfect for any task. Sales decks, hiring docs, marketing brainstorms, employee videos, you name it. Anyone at work can design with Canva. Start designing today at canva.com. Designed for work.